We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. We're continuing talking about walking in the Spirit and, and how we, we move from making the decisions that often lead us into despair, depression, and disaster into the things that God wants for us, which I believe are blessings. But not just blessings for us individually, it's blessings so that we can be a blessing to others. Whenever we see the work of God completed in the life of a true believer, a life of somebody who is transformed through Jesus Christ and salvation, we see that those around them are affected in a positive way. So our faith is not just our own, amen? It's meant to be lived out in communities such as we are doing here, but it's also for our friends and our family around us. And Jesus has this way of spreading the gospel through the people, the common people, you and me, the people that are called on mission to be like Him. But there are some things that can stop us. Some things that can hinder our walk in the Spirit. Some things that can hinder our testimony, our ability to be a good witness for what God wants us to do. And those things we've been talking about are kind of the junk in our lives. And we've used the reference of a junk drawer before. And if you open up a junk drawer, you can imagine all the things that are kind of in there. Maybe yours is really organized and neat. But sometimes we have stuff that's just thrown in there and then later on we're going to organize it. Well, we can tend to do the same thing in our spiritual life where we'll put something in a corner and we think it isn't affecting us. We think it's not influencing us. But what it is doing, if it's a sin, if it's a disobedience to God's will, if it's something that we need to deal with that we haven't dealt with, maybe it's just a distraction, what it does is it takes away from our ability to hear the Holy Spirit and then to follow through on what God wants us to do. And a lot of people are out there searching for the will of God. They want to know the will of God. But what they're doing is they're trying to have a little bit of God and a little bit of the world. A little bit of what they want and a little bit of what they think God wants. And when you do that, you cannot live in balance. There is no way to get the flesh, as we call it, according to Scripture, which is our sinful nature, the things that we want to do selfishly. Anyone have a selfish nature? You know, that's the one where you're cutting the pizza and you and your wife are there and you're sitting down and you think she won't mind if you get the bigger slice, right? <laughs> so you take the bigger slice or maybe it's a dessert or whatever. But our selfish nature and then our godly spirit, because all believers are to have the Holy Spirit, empowering them to live their life. And that's going to be speaking something else. That's speaking what we call the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But we have the sinful nature and we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, if we're a believer, is inside of us. And it is battling in the civil war that's inside of us all the time. So we want to do good things, but sometimes we don't do good things. And maybe sometimes we do do the good that we're supposed to do, but there's a battle that we have to endure, a battle we have to go through in order to get there. It's almost like a civil war is happening. Romans, if you want to open up your Bible, uh, we have some of the Burgundy Bibles there. That's the NLT, and that's what I'm going to be reading from this, this morning. Uh, Romans 8.5, and that's 
uh, about page 940 in that Bible. Romans 8.5, it says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature control your mind. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of you want life and peace? That sounds good. You know, even, even in walking in your faith, sometimes it feels like we're striving. Sometimes it feels like we're climbing a mountain and we're losing oxygen. And it's just a struggle. But God has promised us life and peace and life more abundantly. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So this is talking about where our mind goes, where our focus is. If we focus on the negative too often, if we uh, allow even the temptation that is entering into our minds to become our thought process, I guarantee you, you're going to be closer to falling. You're going to be closer to giving in. And I've watched things and heard from people that have addictions and they say it's all I think about when I get up it's all I can do just not to do it and it's just in their mind and it's rolling around and they're unable to defeat it because it's just like a demon on the back knocking at the door always trying to get in and they themselves in their flesh want to open it they, they want to open it they want to let it in and that's how sin is. It's a temptation. And if we allow it to roll around, if we allow our mind to focus on it too often, we're going to give in to the wrong side and we're not going to be able to walk in the Spirit. But walking in the Spirit pushes our thoughts in a different direction. If you want to live correctly, if you want to follow the will of God, then allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of your mind and your heart and your soul and dwell on the things that He wants you to think about. So instead of thinking about how that person wronged you, instead of thinking about all the negative things in your life, it changes and transforms your mind, it renews your mind to focus on the God things. Because that's where life is, amen? And our culture has a spirit of death. It has a spirit of death and it's popularized. We see it in the action movies. We see it in television and everything else. Death is glorified. Life is, is very cheap. The Holy Spirit wants to switch that in our head. He wants to change us to value life, but also to value a holy life. And that is one that is set apart for the purpose of being the temple of God. And so we're in church right now. We're in a physical building, thank God, because it's freezing out there and there's snowflakes blowing and everything else. But as you go out, you are the church. You are the temple of God. And so that comes with some significance because what we do with our minds, our bodies, and our hearts matters outside of the church. We can't come to church on Sunday and then have a little bit of flesh on Monday. We can't have this division in our heart. We really have to be focused on this thing, but we can't do it alone. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have the ability to defeat sin. It's through being full of the Holy Spirit that we have this ability because our minds is be, are beginning to transform, be controlled by the Holy Spirit instead of controlled by this other garbage. Does that make sense? So, so that's what we're called to do. Um, we're called to be full of the Holy Spirit. So how can we be full of something? 
There's an old riddle that says, how do you get all the air out of, out of the glass? I could try to, but it goes right back in, right? What's the easiest way to get all the air out of the glass? Let's pretend, uh, just for instance, that, that around us are all the influences in the world. All of our even selfish desires personally. All of the things that are trying to lead us down the wrong path. And then there's what God wants us to do. And in order to get to where God, what God wants us to do, we have to get rid of all of the stuff that we used to know. We have to get rid of all of this sinful nature, this flesh that is corrupt, that is within us. This selfishness, we have to get rid of it. It's going to be rather difficult, isn't it? Yet God says the Holy Spirit comes and fills the believer. So the easiest way to empty this cup of air is to fill it with something else, right? Woo. It's pretty close to the top, right? So now it's filled with water. <laughs> It's empty until I take a sip, right? I don't want to spill it. Okay. So this is, this is exactly what God wants us to do. Jesus was talking and, and he said, you know, what happens when the demons are pushed out of somebody? What happens when somebody evicts all the demons and cleans house and organizes it, kind of gets rid of their junk drawer and sets it all in place? He said that if there isn't, something else that comes and fills it, seven more demons will come back where there were only one. So that's why our best efforts at getting rid of the air don't work very well. Because what we've done is we've cleaned house and we've made room for more of the junk to come back in. And Jesus himself said that. He said that you must be filled with the Spirit. It's interesting. It's interesting, psychology is starting to catch up with Scripture a little bit because they say, if you're going to start a new habit, if you're going to start a, a new way of thinking, a new way of living, and let's take, for instance, eating healthy. Anyone have that kind of on their list of New Year's things that they want to try for a couple of days? <laughs> if, if you're going to do that, it's easier to add good food to your already existing diet than it is to change your diet completely overnight and just eat the good food. It's easier to add, start adding the good food. Because often what we do is we think that uh, we're called to walk in the Spirit to get rid of the sinful flesh. And that's Scripture. But we switch it in our mind to where what we're doing is we're trying to do good so that we can walk in the Spirit. But what God is saying is start your walk and I'll handle it. Start doing this, start living this way, start putting some of the good stuff in, and I'll begin to give you a taste for that good stuff. And if you're eating steak, you may not want the burger on the ground, right? If you're eating the good stuff, then you're going to have an eye, a taste, for the stuff that God wants to bless you with. Because God has blessings for you. A lot of the times we think of Christianity as religion, and it's not, it's a relationship. And if we're focusing on the relationship with Jesus Christ, and we're trying to please our Lord and our Savior, and we're walking in the Spirit, then what's going to happen is our eyes are going to become open 
to what is truth. And we're going to see that stuff that is dirty that's on the ground is undesirable. And instead, our desire is going to change to godly things. So instead of being a list of do's and don'ts, it becomes a, a list of things I get to. Does that make sense? Things that I want to do. And that's why when you start to read scripture, that's the best way to start building up your spirit, spirit for wanting more of the word of God. A lot of people say, I just can't get into the Bible. I just can't read it. What, what are you doing to do that? Well, I'm just kind of waiting until magically one day I'll want to. Like maybe God will just put... What you've got to do is spend a little bit of time. Spend a little bit of time. Read a few scriptures. Dwell on that. Meditate on that. And as that begins to circulate in your mind and your heart and begins to work down into your spirit, what you're going to notice is it's improving you. It's making a difference. It's making a change. It's helping you to walk in the spirit. And when you start walking in the spirit, it becomes addictive, more addictive than the sin. It becomes better, better than the sin. It becomes a better way of life, and it's life abundant. So when Jesus says, I've come to bring you life and life abundantly, he doesn't mean I came to bring you rules and rules abundantly. He means I came to bring you life, and when you have life, you no longer want death. When you can breathe, you no longer want to go without breathing. And that's what it is. He wants us to walk in this spirit. He wants us to live in this spirit. Galatians chapter 5 Verse 22 through 23, it's on 974, if you're following along in the chapter, chapter 5, verse 22. So here, here are some of the things. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, and notice it, it says fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited or provoke one another or be jealous for one another. So the fruit of the Spirit... Those are the good things that God wants to build into you. Those are the good things that the Spirit wants you to walk in. And if we go a few verses earlier, we see the, the bad things, right? These are parallel. These are the bad things, the things that you don't want. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And so if we're, we can figure out which one we're following. Because if we're loaded with the fruit of the Spirit that we just read, or are we loaded with the other thing? What's, where does our mind go? Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So that's not even the complete list. And we, we may think that we're all right. Notice it's... It's plural, desires, desires. It's confusion, isn't it? If your life has some of these things in it right now, then it's hard. It's confusing. It's disorganized. It's disruptive. It's selfish. It's self-seeking. It's going through all of these different things. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, singular, fruit, in our lives. So this is this is what happens. Fruit comes through the Holy Spirit, right? He produces it. We can't do the good work. He does the good work. Have you ever seen an orange make itself an orange? 
oh, it has to try really hard, right? No, it comes from what? The tree. It doesn't come from Indiana either, <laughs> where there's snow. It comes from down south or out west. It comes from the branch. And we're called to live in the branch. And then the Holy Spirit does what? He produces the fruit. And I love that it says fruit here because it means that all of these things are active and we can claim all of these things in our life. And we shouldn't be making excuses if one of these things is missing. We should be asking for this and pursuing it because it can grow in our lives. The fruit in our lives is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want those things active in my life completely. Amen? I want that to be who I am. I want that to be who I am. And I think of these different fruit that we see, the description, or different tastes or something. And growing up, about the best treat I could ever get was a fruit roll-up. How many of you had those before? You kind of peel it off, and some of them have little designs, and you can peel that out, and then you put it in your mouth, and it sticks to your teeth, and it gets everywhere. It... it my kids still like those. They still have those. And it, it, it's this neat thing. It's kind of all this fruit that is just blended up, put together, dried out, and probably sugar added, right? It tastes good. It's sweet. It's delicious. And it's a fruit roll-up. When we start walking in the Spirit, I think that's what God does. He takes all these good things, kind of blends them up. And, and when you're really walking in the Spirit, at least this is my experience and how I feel it, I feel like there's this buffer zone. Like I am in a, a happy bubble, if you will, because I have peace. I have love. I have joy. Hippies call it the aura. <laughs> like that person has a good aura, man. Well, I, I'm not using that term. I'm going to call it walking in the spirit. That God is surrounding you. That you're almost enveloped in him or you're in the middle of this fruit roll-up. And at first, the fruit roll-up is kind of on the outside. But once you're around it long enough, it begins to work its way inside. And it's what comes out of you. If you press something hard enough, what comes out of it? What it is, right? Whatever's in it. So when you go and you get juice, orange juice, what they do? They squeeze those oranges until they got that juice out. Uh, and, and what happens in our life is we go through times of pressure. We go through, through times of persecution. We go through times of trials. And what happens is we get squeezed and we get pressed. And what comes out is what is already in there. So from some of us, this is surprising because we get pressed and we respond in anger. We respond viciously. We respond without thought. We don't respond in the, in the spirit. We respond in the flesh. So what was in there to begin with? Something we didn't deal with, right? It's interesting. Uh, it'll probably happen again this year. It seems every year some athlete gets in some kind of trouble. And then he gets on TV and he goes, that really isn't me. You know, I did that, but that's not me. And I want to say, yes, it is. Yes, it is, because you did it. That is a part of who you are. It's built into your character, whether you want to acknowledge or not. Maybe it's hidden deep down, but when you were pressed hard enough, that's what came out. When I'm pressed hard, you know what I want to come out is the fruit of the Spirit. Because if that's happening, then I'm walking in peace, love, joy. And, and, and it's not affecting me. It's, I'm able to walk in the Spirit and it's not pushing me into a negative area at all kind of wanted to title the message of this morning, Dirty Deeds. 
Because when we read through these selfish desires, that's what they are. They're dirty deeds of the flesh. But God has given us the ability to overcome them through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. He's given us the ability to overcome them through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26 It's 940. 8.26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. How many of you know and have heard that verse, that God works all things? But you know that praying in the Spirit is a part of that. It's right in there in that paragraph. Following the Spirit is a part of that. So we cannot expect God to work all things for the good if we're off doing what we think is good on our own. If we're off doing what we want to do on our own. What we have to do is follow the things of God in order to see this verse play out. He wants us to do these. We're all called according to His purpose. When we're called according to His purpose, then we see these things open up and become available for us. That, that He loves us, that he, he cherishes us, and that He wants us to walk in all of these fruit. He wants us to be able to move in these things. He wants to be able to help us. and He wants us to know that He is there. It, it's amazing to me the times where I don't... You, you know, I may be living fine, I may be doing things on my own, and I may be doing a, a decent job at, at being good, quote-unquote. But when I'm not walking in the Spirit, it's a lot more difficult. I, I think prayer in the Spirit is like spiritual breath. And, and Paul says to pray without ceasing. And I used to, as a kid, say, how am I going to do that? And people are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> how am I going to continue to pray all the time? How do you pray all the time? I don't have the energy for that. But what I found, it's being in a mode of prayer. It's not necessarily me being verbal all the time. But it's me being in that atmosphere of prayer. It's me being in that fruit roll-up almost of prayer. That idea that the Spirit is around me. And that whenever I want, I can, I can bring to Him the needs and concerns I have. I can ask Him for the help so I can overcome some of the darkness that is still there. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. He wants us to know that He's available for us. Prayer is spiritual breath in our walk. And, and I don't know if you've ever tried to walk before when you can barely breathe. Some of you have had pneumonia recently. Some of you have had some lung issues and stuff like that. It's difficult to move forward when you're not breathing well. It's difficult. But when you're breathing, that prayer, that spiritual breath, God makes it a little bit easier, a little bit easier. He starts to build you up and you can walk in the Spirit. You can repent in the Spirit. You can request in the Spirit. And all of these things are building up the fruit in your life. So when you're pressed, the good stuff comes out. So the question is, are you empty or are you full? Are you 
there in that presence? Are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or are you like the empty cup full of air? Because you can't do it on your own. Otherwise, what we'll see is the dirty deeds that are starting to come out. We're going to see those things. And, and this is so important. And it doesn't seem like it fits in right off. But if you want to turn to, to Galatians 2.20... This is how we, we walk in this. Galatians 2.20 My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law can make me right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Reverend Byron, who's probably preaching right now in, in Cicero, some of you know him as Santa Claus. You see him driving around in the sleigh? That's, that's Reverend Byron. Fritz, good friend of mine. He, uh, he has a joy. <laughs> if you've been around him long enough, you know that he is just crazy happy. And, and people come up to him. Kids come up to him and say, why are you always so happy? You ever known somebody that's so happy you want to slap the smile off their face? <laughs> you know, sometimes... You know, he, it could be a bad circumstance. It could be a difficult time and he's going to come up with something positive. You want to go, shut up. <laughs> but that's the type of person he is. And when you're that type of person, you want to be around those people. Even if they slightly annoy you, they're showing you something good. He had somebody ask him, how can you be so happy all the time? And he says, because I die. What? I die to the flesh. He said, I carry my cross daily. I wake up and I die. If you want to know the way to happiness and joy in your life that isn't man-made, doesn't depend on your bills or whatever else, if you want to know that peace that passes all understanding, what you have to do is follow this verse where it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Because if it's dead, it can't pull you back in, right? If you allow it to die and you kill it, not just allow it to die, but you go after it and you kill it, then you can move forward. Then you can have that joy and that peace. But when those selfish desires are still being entertained and kept in the back closet to be pulled out when you want them, then you know you're not nailing it. You're not nailing it to the cross. You're not killing it like you're supposed to. Galatians 6.14 goes a little bit further. So turn a couple chapters 6.14, it says, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. Wow! That's how we defeat it. That's how we move past it. We, we nail it to the cross. And Jesus himself said, what? We're to pick up our cross, what? Daily. And I know you guys, and I've probably said it too. Well, I guess that's just my cross to bear. That's not what that verse is talking about. The verse is talking about getting rid of the old you. Getting rid of the bad you. And taking on the name that God has given you that you don't even know yet till you're in glory. 
And saying, I am not going to define myself by my failures, by my sins, and by my circumstances. Instead, I'm going to define myself by the salvation that Christ has provided. And when you define yourself by the salvation that Christ has has already provided, then you're walking in victory. You're nailing the old you to the cross. And you're saying, that person is dead. That isn't me anymore. And that's a different thing than saying, well, that's just not in my character. Yeah, I did it, but I'm not usually that bad. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about killing it to the point where somebody meets you in five years. They don't recognize you. They don't know who you are. Why do you have that smile on your face? Why are you living this way? Because God has shown me a new path in His Spirit. Because God has worked within me a new creature. Uh, He has made all things new, and it started with my heart. It started with my heart, and it grew out. When you're living this way, that's attractive. That's the light that Jesus walked in. Amen? That's the Spirit that God wants you to walk in. That's the holiness that God wants you to to walk in. So guys, we can make excuses for the flesh. We can say, well, my dad's dad did that, and you know, he was an alcoholic, that's why I drink so much, and it's genetic, and doctors have proved it. And we can say, well, that's just the way I am, you know, I guess I'm human. Or we can do what we're supposed to do and say, shut up and die. Shut up and die. Sin, die. Flesh, die. Selfishness, die. I am choosing instead to walk in the Spirit. Amen? I'm choosing instead to to put it on the cross, to kill it every day, and when it pops back up, I put another nail in it. I put another nail in its flesh. I put another thing that's going to hold it back, and I'm going to say, I'm going to choose to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to choose to display this, and when times get hard, and when things start pressing on me, it's going to seem simpler than the good times used to be. Because the Holy Spirit is there with you. Because the Holy Spirit has given you peace, joy, love, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. That's what God wants to do in you. He wants to change who you are. He wants to make you new. So when we nail the old us to the cross, it allows our new bodies to come forward. It allows our spiritual our spiritual sonship and daughtership to step forward and we become identified as believers, as people saved, as the children of God. So we have to be legally dead in order to do that. We have to daily die. That means repeatedly we go through this process. We wake up in the morning, we say, I'm going to fill myself with the Spirit before the flesh can step in because the flesh is going to want to do something. I'm going to fill myself with the Spirit and I'm going to fill myself up with what God wants me to do. I'm going to put on the full armor of God and I'm going to go out because I know it's a battle. So we have to repeatedly do this. But also, we become, when we do that, we become relationally one with Christ and we begin to hear the voice of our Savior through the Holy Spirit. And we begin to walk in the path of righteousness. Not because we're trying hard, not because we're better than anybody else, not because uh, we're special, but because instead we have chosen to allow the Holy Spirit to become the loudest voice in our hearts and in our lives. We have chosen to tune our ears to what God wants us to do and we're putting away the old self. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for us. And, and when, when we walk in that, then nothing is impossible. When we walk in that, then nothing is impossible. Let's pray. Lord, help us to realize that the only way to abundant life is through first crucifying our flesh. Putting away our selfish desires. And and we can't do that alone. We need the Holy Spirit. In fact, God, 
God the Father sent the Son so that we could receive salvation. And he died and rose again. And then the Holy Spirit Himself draws us in to even that ability to say, Lord, I accept you. So uh, within this, we have the Trinity working and moving and operating. And, and it's calling us to a different path. It's calling us to a different way. It's calling us to, to wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to be the old me. I'm going to put that stuff behind me. I'm going, to, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to wipe that clean. And I'm going to nail the flesh to the cross so it can't follow me today. Instead, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And because the flesh is nailed, it's not going to follow. Lord, help us to wake up with that prayer in our hearts and our minds. Help us to allow Scripture to so embed us. That, and help us to develop such a love for Scripture that, that we focus on that we meditate on that and through that power and strength through the word through jesus christ we have the ability to defeat our sin we have the ability to defeat our rule following nature of trying to be perfect instead of trying to walk in in the holy spirit lord help us to move in that direction by your grace help us to to jump into that help us to be full of the fruit so that when hard times come when we're pressed, what comes out is kindness, love, peace, gentleness, self-control. All of these things. Lord, we thank you that you've shown us the way to do it. Through your son, Jesus Christ. And through your saints from long ago and even some that are even around us right now. You've shown us this path of walking in the Spirit. Help us to do that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee take my voice and let me sing always only for my king take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you choose.
its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only offer thee. Here am I, Here am I all of me, all of me. Take my life, it's all for thee. They want to be able to give their life. They, they want to, they even want to want to be able to do that, but they haven't been able to do that before. That doesn't mean they're not Christians. It doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means that you're, you're struggling. You're struggling to, to put the flesh upon the cross. You're struggling to really give your life every day to Jesus, to, to kind of walk that way. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. You're finding it difficult to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Lord, I thank You for this, Your church, these, Your people, called by Your name, here for Your purpose. You knew they were going to be here before the foundations of the earth began. You knew the storm would be out there, but You knew they'd be in here. So Lord, I thank you that you've called them here. That you have a purpose and a reason for them. Lord, I pray that they would have the power and authority through the Holy Spirit to walk in all of the glory that you've prepared for them. That they would be able to walk in full victory. They'd be able to put the flesh on the cross and they'd be able to follow the Spirit. Lord, I thank you that we can give you our life and we can trust you with that because you are trustworthy. Lord, I pray that you would keep them safe as they go from here this week. That you would protect them. That you would guide them in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. That they would be living testaments of your glory and your purpose. That they would be blessings wherever they are. Because your spirit resides within them. We pray this prayer over them. In Christ's name, everyone said. 
We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Until next time, continue to grow in Jesus.